Have you signed up for the National Math Festival yet? This is a chance for families to do math together, and it's happening now until the middle of April 2021. It's a chance to explore the playful side of math with games, puzzles, film events, book readings, and live performances for all ages. Find out more at nationalmathfestival.org. We use fractions in our daily lives, like in cooking. We see them on nutrition labels, and they are a part of many sports. And yet fractions can be a really uncomfortable topic for a lot of adults and children. Regardless of how we feel about fractions, educators are either already teaching a unit about them or they soon will be. And for those of us who are parents, chances are that your children are already learning about fractions right now. I added this week's episode into the rotation because I'm currently taking a fractions math recovery course that's completely changing my view of fractions, and I want to share this new outlook and learning with you. The U.S. Math Recovery Council offers professional development courses that truly transform your thinking and teaching, and I highly recommend checking out all of their offerings. Their URL address is mathrecovery.org. They believe what we at Kids Math Talk also believe, that kids should have time and space to learn concepts and that kids should have the chance to talk about math and demonstrate understanding through performance tasks, not just paper and pencil activities. And all of their courses, like this fractions course, are extremely well-researched. I'd like to give a special shout out and thanks to the members of my Fractions cohort and to our fabulous teacher, Julie B, for helping me to unpack the information that I'm getting ready to share with you today. What follows is not an exhaustive explanation of Fractions. This episode is focused on giving educators and parents some look-fors and some questions to ask to help children begin to explore their understanding of fractions as numbers. This episode is about becoming closer and more connected with fractions so that we're not afraid of them. Welcome to the Kids Math Talk podcast, where in each episode, we give parents and educators practical tips and insights that will deepen mathematical understanding while also encouraging the conversation about math to remain active and positive. I'm your host, Desiree Harrison, elementary math coach and Kids Math Talk founder. This episode is to help everyone understand fractions a little bit better so that we are afraid of them a little bit less. And to do this, I'll begin with a question. How many different mental actions do you think happen in order for someone to have a deep understanding of fractions as numbers? Turns out there are five. Unitizing, fragmenting and partitioning, iterating, disembedding, and distributing. Ever heard of these fancy words before? I know I've read many books about math education that include notes about partitioning and iterating, for example, but I never knew about all five of these or the way that they progress in order to create fractions understanding 
That is to say, until before being introduced to them in this math recovery course. So let me now introduce these to you. The first of these mental actions is called unitizing. Unitizing is known as treating a quantity as a single unit. We can ultimately make any quantity into a unit. For instance, we might say that we have 12 eggs, but we can also reorganize this and think about having one dozen. The unit thus switched from units of one egg to units of 12 eggs. Children need to have time to explore and understand this mental action with whole numbers in order to then reorganize their thinking and apply this mental action to fractions. When first learning about this mental action in the course, I kept thinking about counting collections with whole numbers. This is a super engaging activity for children, and it's a great way for adults to observe and see how children are thinking about units and grouping items. You can use just about anything to create a counting collection. Those tiny erasers that kids love work really well. Simply gather a random amount of them, place them on a table or even on the floor, and then ask, how can you figure out how many are here? And then watch how children organize and group the items. Having about 50 to 100 items for the first time is a good start. You can also do a Google search for counting collections for more ideas. The second mental action is known as fragmenting and partitioning. My introduction to partitioning actually comes from the Teaching Student-Centered Mathematics book that talks about partitioning as sectioning a whole into equal-sized pieces and that it's a major part of developing fraction concepts. But this course has equipped me with some questions to ask during student observation and also when debriefing with teachers. One important question to ask to begin to assess a child's understanding of this mental action is, is the child able to use the entire whole when breaking it up into pieces? That's to say, do they recognize that every single portion needs to be accounted for, or will they simply ignore any part that's not making sense to them? Another question to ask is, is the child thinking about equal size pieces? When working with children on creating equal shares, it's helpful to use language such as one out of three as opposed to one third so that the language matches the action that children are actually performing. Parents, you can think about these same questions when working with your own child at home or you can even ask these questions during the next parent-teacher conference to get the conversation about fractions started. Once children understand unitizing, fragmenting, and partitioning, the next mental action to develop is that of iterating. I really like saying that word iterating, and it sounds super fancy and sophisticated, but when you break it down, what iterating means is the counting or repeating of a piece. This mental action is more easily understood when thinking about measurement, such as repeating units of one-fifth on a number line. One activity you can do to strengthen this mental action is to count 
fractions with children. Oftentimes, we don't even think about doing this, but it will help reinforce the fact that fractions are numbers and that they can be counted just like whole numbers can be counted. For instance, one-fifth, two-fifths, three-fifths, four-fifths, five-fifths. This will help children begin to make the connection that two-fifths is the same amount as one-fifth plus another one-fifth. Having a visual representation for this measurement model will be helpful as well. Head to the Kids Math Talk website for an example. Let's take a quick break to announce the first winner of the latest Kids Math Talk giveaway. We had five entries, and a special congratulations goes to Lenny Vermas, who is the first winner and writes, Kids Math Talk is one of my favorite podcasts and is one that I listen to on a regular basis. Desiree interviews a wide variety of people that provide resources and strategies for elementary teachers to help students see the wonder, joy, and beauty of math. The visit with Peg Smith as she talks about the five practices to improve your practice was another great episode, always well worth the time to listen. Thank you so much for that review. And be sure to email me at kidsmathtalk at gmail.com so I can send you your free five practices in practice book. Maybe next time the winner will be you. Kids Math Talk listeners have the chance to win one of five of the five practices in practice books as a part of our latest giveaway. Leave a review of the podcast on Apple, screenshot it, and then tag me on Twitter at Kids Math Talk or send me an email with the image to kidsmathtalk at gmail.com to enter. All listeners who have not won a previous giveaway are eligible. The second winner will be announced during the next episode. Now let's get back to those mental actions. After iterating, disembedding is the fourth mental action. We as parents and educators need to observe to make sure that children understand this action, which involves taking a part out of a whole without destroying the whole. One quick activity to try in order to figure out if a child understands this disembedding is the following. You'll need two strips of paper, a pencil or marker, and a pair of scissors. The two strips of paper need to be the same size and the same length. So step one is to take one of those strips and partition it into five or six equal parts. You can do this with the pencil or marker. Just ensure that all of the portions are equal in size. Step two, show both of these strips and ask the child you are observing to take the unmarked strip and cut off a set amount. Let's say two-fifths, for example. Step three, ask the child to tell you how much of the whole that cut portion represents. The answer in this case would be two-fifths of the whole. Step four, ask the child how much the uncut portion represents. The answer for this scenario is three-fifths. 
This math recovery course is helping me realize that this mental action is one that I have always just assumed that children were able to perform. But a child who doesn't know how to disembed might try something like this. Counting the three parts that are left along with the five parts of the other uncut strip for an answer of three-eighths instead of three-fifths. Having physical manipulatives such as fraction strips, cuisinier rods, or virtual manipulatives from sites such as Braining Camp will help children visualize and develop this mental action. This mental action is one that I am continuing to think about and read about myself. The final mental action developed in order to have a deep understanding of fractions is called distributing. Distributing requires a child to have flexibility with the other mental actions as well as an understanding of the multiple levels of units. While the word distributing might immediately bring in thoughts of multiplication, it's important to note that we will confuse children if we approach the multiplication of fractions in the exact same way that we approach the multiplication of whole numbers. With whole numbers, we can rely on the strategy of repeated addition. This isn't going to work when multiplying fractions, though. Instead, multiplying fractions involves taking a fraction or a part of another fraction. You might have noticed how I haven't mentioned anything about adding or subtracting fractions. This fractions course has helped me realize that all of these mental actions need to be in place first in order for a child to truly understand performing operations with fractions. So if you're not sure about committing to taking a course right now, you can still learn more through the book that goes with this course that's called Developing Fractions Knowledge. I'll link it in the show notes for you. This book is great for not only teachers, interventionists, but also for parents to have because there are detailed descriptions of activities to try out with children to develop each mental action. You can grab your copy by going to us.corwin.com. Use our special code KMTSHIP at checkout for free shipping. My challenge to you for this next week and weeks to come is to just start to notice all of the fractions that are around you. Take a picture of the fractions that you and your child or that you and your class find and let me know how one of the activities mentioned in this episode went for you by tweeting me with the hashtag KidsMathTalk. Let's continue to learn together and keep this conversation about math active and positive. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to keep the Kids Math Talk conversation going. You can always tweet me with questions or comments using the handle at Kids Math Talk. You can also head to my website, kidsmathtalk.com slash podcast for previous episodes of this podcast. And join us next week for another episode of the Kids Math Talk podcast.